In this world, there are a lot of things that people put their faith in. Money, a job, a house, family, plans, pets, sports teams, the next revolutionary diet. But where has that led us? Anxiety, confusion, financial stress, relational discord, apathy towards God. But this isn't the way it's supposed to be, no. What if in our day and time, God is calling us to rise up and renew our zeal, our passion, and our genuine worship for Him while living in the midst of a faithless world? Well, good morning, church. Uh, It's so good to see you through a camera lens. Uh, Hopefully, I'm just gonna trust that you just said good morning back to me, uh, that this is starting to become a little bit normal, that you're gonna start talking to your TV just like you do during sports games or soap operas or whatever it is that you watch. Um, One of the questions that's very uh, common in our household is uh, where are we going? Usually I'm like getting the kids down for bed, like the girls getting them tucked in and they're always asking me, daddy, what are we gonna do tomorrow or where are we gonna go? And that question has started to come less and less uh, in my direction just because every time they ask it lately, I'm saying, well, we're not gonna do anything, honey. Like we're gonna stay at home. Uh, We're gonna do some stuff, but we're not gonna go anywhere. Where are we going? Well, we're not gonna go very many places. Uh, And so that is uh, maybe a little bit of a perk because they're not asking that question all the time. But uh, if you're like us at our home, uh, this is starting to become a little more difficult. Like it was kind of novel at the very beginning. Uh, It was kind of nice, right? Like being able to get some things done that you didn't normally get done. But here's what we're seeing, right? That the, uh, the planners, their plans have been completely changed. And if you're watching this and uh, which if you're hearing me say, if you're watching this, you're watching it. Um, go ahead and leave a comment in, in the comment, either on YouTube or Facebook, hashtag planner, if that's you. If you're a planner and all your plans got completely changed, uh, leave a comment, hashtag planner. Let us know that you're here. Uh, for, for those who are extroverts, like <laughs> we are going nuts right now, like absolutely nuts. So if you're an extrovert, go ahead, leave a hashtag extrovert. You probably already did that like three times before I even said the word, right? Uh, some of us are introverts, right? Uh, not me, but some of you. Uh, and uh, you, you probably are uneasy about this, uh, but you're starting to see the light that, that sometimes you actually need people. Like you're starting to come around to that idea. Now, I know you're not willing to do this, like you don't want to do this, but if you would just go ahead, if you're an introvert, uh, leave a comment, hashtag introvert, and uh, let us know that you're here. But basically we, we, are, we are all dealing with uh, this reality of kind of wondering what the future holds. Right, like we're, we're kind of like wondering what the future holds because a lot of like for all of us, we don't know what that looks like. And uh, the, the same is true for this book of Malachi. We are, we are gonna be kind of closing this out, the book of Malachi in chapter four today. And uh, what God is gonna show us through this, this last passage, is that he holds the future and he's gonna show us, maybe not what the future holds in the next month or so, but what the future holds uh, in the big scheme of things. Maybe that is in the next month or so, but he's gonna show us in this passage what the future holds. And uh, I'm so excited for, for this coming week because we are making lemonade out of lemon 
sermons, uh, we are gonna be doing, as we lead up to Easter, we're gonna be doing daily Holy Week devotionals. So I'd encourage you, if you are uh, watching this on Facebook or YouTube, uh, one of those, like we're gonna have those devotionals available on both channels as well as Instagram. Uh, And so we'd encourage you to join us because we're gonna try and put us as a church in a place where we're preparing our hearts for uh, Easter. And I know Easter is gonna be different. Um, If you haven't heard yet, Easter for us is gonna be, we're gonna be streaming it right here on Facebook and YouTube at 11 a.m. And uh, we're gonna be doing it this way. But what I'm really excited about is what we're gonna be doing as we head into Easter. Uh, Not only the Holy Week devotionals, uh, which I really hope that you'll jump in there and you'll share those with your friends and family, uh, share it with them, tag them in it, uh, spread this hope and encouragement and the gospel of Jesus as we we go. But we're gonna be starting a brand new series called Messy, uh, Stories of Broken People Trusting in a Powerful God. And what we're gonna see throughout scripture in this series is that God uses messy people, broken people just like you, and he, he uses them in powerful ways. So I'm really excited to kick that series off for Easter because we're gonna see how Jesus was willing to enter our mess and pull us out of it and take us to a place we never thought we could go. So hope you uh, join us next week for Easter uh, here at FCC on live on Facebook and YouTube at 11 a.m. Uh, please invite someone to watch that on their device at their home with you. Uh, really excited for that. Uh, so if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn it to Malachi chapter four. I hope you have a Bible, Malachi chapter four. Uh, starting in verse one, we've been walking through the book of Malachi over the last seven weeks, and this is the eighth week of it. So if you've missed any of this, uh, good news, this is all available on YouTube and on our website, fccfamily.com. And so you can watch it, uh, all the messages that have led up to this point. Uh, But Malachi chapter four, starting in verse one, this is what it says. For look, the day is coming, burning like a furnace, when all the arrogant and everyone who commits wickedness will become stubble, the coming day will consume them, says the Lord of armies, not leaving them root or branches. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings and you will go out and playfully jump like calves from the stall. You will trample the wicked for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day I am preparing, says the Lord of armies on the day I am preparing. So God is, if you've been following with us, uh, basically God has been having these conversations with these Israelites through the prophet of Malachi. And he's been, basically the people have been accusing God at times of being hypocritical because what they see, and I'm sure this is some of the things that we all see in our world is that the bad people the wicked people, the evil people, they seem to be prospering. And the good people, the Israelites, the people who uh, are called by God to be his people, they are suffering. So it's the, it's the classic uh, you know, kind of question, like why do bad things happen to good people? And, and the opposite of that is why do good things happen to bad people? And, and they are accusing, they said, where is the God of justice? Like, God, where are you in all this? Because what we see, it seems you prefer the wicked over the righteous. And of course, like the Israelites are seeing themselves in their own eyes as righteous, uh, as good, as, as holy. Uh, but what they are desiring is a day of judgment for God's justice to roll down from heaven and to address all the wickedness in the world. And, and here's what God is saying in this passage. You're gonna get what you're asking for. 
Like it's coming. There's a day that is coming when, when what does he say? When, when those who are wicked, when they're, those who are arrogant, they will become stubble. The coming day will consume them, says the Lord of armies, not leaving them root or branches. Like they're gonna be utterly destroyed. And, and this is like a really hard passage for those of us uh, living today because we don't like, that kind of makes us uneasy. Because here's the reality for, for all of us is that what, if we got what we deserve today, we'd all be in hell right now. We'd all be judged because we've all rebelled against a holy God. And so God is saying, hey, I'm going to come on this coming day uh, is gonna be coming and on that day, judgment will happen. But, but there's, there's also uh, this on the same day, there's a different outlook for some people. So on verse two, what does he say? Verse two, chapter four, but for you who fear my name, if, if you think about fear my name, that's a, a kind of phrase that, that articulates God, like his whole essence. F to fear his name is to fear him, like everything he is. The son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings and you will go out and playfully jump like calves from the stall. So God is saying that there is a day coming when for some, it will be a day of judgment and of destruction and for others, it will be a day of joy, a, a, a day of healing. And so from, from history, what we understand coming, coming at it from 2020, year 2020, looking back on the fifth century BC and knowing what we know about when Jesus came and what he did, we know that Jesus has come, that he has, he has brought about the kingdom of God on the earth and one day he will return. So that one day he will return, that's the day he's talking about. Because Jesus came as a, as a savior, as a lamb the first time, but the second time he's gonna be coming like a ferocious lion, lion like, like, a, like a king on a white horse. And he's gonna bring judgment on those who have rebelled against him, who have, who have uh, not feared him. And, and, and what he is saying now, like I love this imagery. They will go out, you will go out and playfully jump like calves from the stall. Like think about that. <laughs> He's saying like, there's, there's these calves, right? And they, they are stuck in the stall. That's where they, they live, is where they eat. And, and for much of the day, they're just cooped up there. They're cooped up in their stall. They, they can't go anywhere. They can't stretch out. They can't have fun. They're just kind of sitting there. And have you ever been to anywhere where there's a bunch of calves or cows and all that stuff? Like, you know, they're just sitting there. And, and what he's saying is that there's this day when it comes, you, those who fear God's name will be able to go out like a calf from the stall because they are going out and they are running, they're jumping, they're joyful, they're playful, they're having a great time. And I don't know about you, but the meaning of that text, that, that verse has become extra relevant to my life today. Because I don't know about you, but uh, if, if you feel this way, put a, a hand emoji up and just let us know that you feel this way too. Don't you kind of feel like a calf in the stall? Like you're just kind of stuck, you can't go anywhere, right? Right, like you feel that. Well, like just to give us a, a picture of what this day is gonna be like for those of us who fear God's name, uh, think about this, think about this, okay? The virus is gone and the quarantine is lifted 
And, and what are you gonna do, right? You're gonna jump out of your house. You're gonna get in your car. You're gonna go to the park. You're gonna go have a great time. You're gonna go out to eat. You're gonna, you're gonna be jumping around, being playful. And uh, the extroverts, like they're gonna ruin everything for the introverts. Because introverts, you, you've got a cup and it's been kind of depleted because you need a little bit of people in your life. But us extroverts, we need a lot of people in our lives. And so we're gonna probably be like barging into your house. And, and you're gonna be filled and overflowing. You're gonna be like, all right, I'm done. Back to quarantine. Uh, but us extroverts are gonna be like so excited to be out again, to be able to go to people's houses. Like you just have to understand, you probably should lock your door. Uh, not out of fear of crazy people, but just out of fear of your crazy friends. <laughs> uh, because that's what we feel like, right? But there, And the reality of what this coming day is gonna be like for those who fear God's name, it's gonna be something that, guys, we can't even imagine what it's gonna be like. It's gonna be so good, so much healing. Like imagine living in a, in a space where you, you don't ever experience pain. Like where it's always just bliss. It's always amazing. It's always good. Like relational discord isn't there. Hurting, bones aching, isn't there. Like it's, it's perfect. And we're gonna be able to go and, and joyfully play and, and jump around like a calf from the stall. Like that's what God is saying. And get this, like, I don't know if, if you're on, on board with this, but what God has established for the Israelites uh, was, was he, he commanded them to party in worship to him. He commanded them to party. And so if you think that there's not gonna be a party in heaven, you've not met the God of the Bible. And so I just want you to know, like you should get used to like being excited, being joyful, being playful, because if you fear God's name, if you are one who follows Jesus, then what the future holds is hope. What the future holds is hope. Now, if you're someone who doesn't follow Jesus, if you're someone who has not surrendered to Jesus, then the future doesn't hold hope. It holds hopelessness. And, and that's hard for us to hear today. It's hard to deliver it just to a camera, but I know that you are on the other side watching this on a screen. And maybe God's saying, hey, you need to understand this is more than what you think, what you think it is. This is more than just a little religion in your life. This is life and death. You know, like I, I know people because like I grew up and didn't follow Jesus, didn't go to church or didn't have any idea who God was, uh, that people look at religion like just like this, this thing that people do. And that's what I looked at it like. You know, the people at, at Wayne High School who would meet around the pole and they would sing worship songs, they would pray. Like I, I didn't understand it. Like it just seemed like some, something some people did. Like it wasn't anything else beyond that. But what you have to understand is that this is not just about having a little bit of religion sprinkled over your life, but this is about your life. This is about life and death. That all of us have rebelled against a holy God. All of us have done him wrong. And what we deserve out of punishment for, for wronging a holy God, the creator of the universe, what we deserve is eternal death. And God is just and he'll bring that but what we also know is that God has brought us grace because he has loved us. And that's the foundation of the book of Malachi in the first chapter, in the first few verses. He says it to the people of Israel. I have loved you. And this is why I'm saying this to you because I've loved you and God loves you. And this is why he's saying this to you. He wants you to understand this is serious. This is not just you just adding a little bit of church in your life. It's about life and death and God is calling us 
to surrender everything to him because it's only by surrendering to him that we can experience life through him. And so he's calling all of us to make a change, to surrender to Jesus. And, and this is the good news, right? This is, the, this is the good news that what God has done is he's set it up to where the, the wicked and the arrogant, which all of us are, have an opportunity to be counted among the righteous, to be counted among those who fear God's name. Because Jesus had come, because he was fully God and fully man, he was able to live a perfect life. He showed us what the kingdom of God is like. It's a kingdom of love, of healing, of amazing relational mercy and compassion. And then he took all of our sin and he said, you know what? I'm gonna pay for it and I'm gonna receive the punishment for your sin, past, present, and future. And because he's eternal, because he's infinite, he's able to take on an infinite amount of punishment. And then on the third day, he rose again after dying on the cross. And now he's seated at the right hand of the throne of the father in heaven. And so his ability to deliver on his promise that, hey, if you're with me, then you're gonna be able to get to the father. You're gonna be able to have eternal hope. He can deliver on it. And that's what he's, that's what he's saying. Like this day that is coming is in our future right now. It was in their future back then. And this day is coming when Jesus is gonna come. He said, hey, I've given you an opportunity to come to me. And for all those who haven't, the weight of their sin is gonna be on their shoulders. It's not gonna be on Jesus's. And that's a serious thing. And so with, with every ounce of love and compassion that I have for you, I just wanna say like this whole Jesus thing, like Jesus lived, he died and he rose again and he is calling all of us to come to him. Our God is a God of grace. And he's also a God of justice. And so it goes on in Malachi chapter four, uh, starting in verse four, this is what he says. Remember the instruction of Moses, my servant, the statutes and ordinances I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel. Look, I'm going to send you the prophet Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise I will come and strike the land with a curse. So he's telling the Israelites to remember what Moses had told them because God had given them the law of Moses to follow as a nation, to follow because this was what was good for them, was what was best for them. If you're familiar with the 10 commandments, all that is is a summary of what it looks like to love God and love people. That's a summary of the great commandment. And, and what God is saying is that you need to remember what I have told you, what is best for you. And he, then he tells us that he's gonna send the prophet Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. So what we know about the prophet Elijah because of what Jesus has said about a certain man, his name is John the Baptist. Uh, he says that that is Elijah coming. And so Elijah has come. And Elijah has, has preached a, a, a message of repentance because that's what John the Baptist did. And he called people to repent, to go back to God. And then what we see is Jesus coming in and doing what needed to be done to be able to make a way for us all to have God's grace in our lives. But there's a day coming in our future when God will judge all of us and our sins will either be on Jesus's shoulders or it will be on ours. 
You see, the, the, the crazy thing about this, and I, and I don't know if maybe you're watching this and you've thought to yourself, you know what, Christianity, the Christians, like church people, they're just a bunch of hypocrites. And I get it, right? Because I, I know that church people can hurt people because maybe you've been church, hurt by church people. But I also know that people who aren't church people hurt people as well. And what I know is the only difference between myself and you is that I've surrendered to Jesus and my sin has been put on him. And if you haven't surrendered to Jesus, then your sin is still on your own shoulders. And I just have to say, like I've surrendered to Jesus because my shoulders aren't broad enough to handle what I've done. And yours aren't either. So the difference isn't between one person being good and bad. The difference is between one person being forgiven and one person not. And that is all through Jesus Christ. That is why we preach. That's why we take time on a Sunday morning to stream this even when we can't gather in person because this is so important because Jesus loves you so much that he came and he gave his life for you so that you could have life for eternity. And so what we see in Malachi as he is closing his book out, he is calling the Israelites to come back to him. And, and here's the vision for the people of God. The vision for the people of God is that the, the prophet Elijah, he's come. And, and what the New Testament says is that the people of God, the church has been given the ministry of reconciliation because that's what Jesus came to do. He came to reconcile us to God and us to each other. So all of the New Testament talks about loving one another, uh, of spurring one another on, uh, being compassionate to one another, uh, giving each other hope, speaking encouragement to one another. It's all these relational things. So we've been reconciled to God and to people. And so what he is saying is that this is the vision for the people of God. This is, if you're a church person, if you follow Jesus, this is the vision for your life. Verse six, he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. What God wants to see is his people to have their hearts turned to each other and to him. Like imagine the beauty of a people, of a community where the hearts of the fathers are turned to their children and the children to their fathers. And I would say you can go, because of what we see in the New Testament, you can go to that in every other relationship in your life. God's will for us is for us to be reconciled to him, to be in a right relationship with him and with each other. And so the vision for God's people is not only for us to experience God's grace, but for us to extend that grace to others. So that what we uh, have as our lives to be characterized by is love. So here, here's what I want us all to remember. Uh, what the future holds. For followers of Jesus, the future holds hope. For followers of Jesus, the future holds hope. If you follow Jesus, the future holds hope. And in this time, that is the truth that we need. For those who do not follow Jesus, for those who do not, have, uh, who do not fear God's name, the future holds hopelessness. But that can be changed at any time. You can, you can just decide right now to, to just determine. You can turn from your sins. You can put your whole faith and surrender into Jesus and his hands and you can contact us. I'd love to talk to you uh, because we, we wanna get you baptized. We wanna get you to, to be able to go down into the waters of baptism and to come back up into new life. Like we'd love to talk to you and set that up. We'd love to talk to you about what it looks like to follow Jesus because what we see in scripture is that this is life and death. 
And Jesus has open hands. He's saying, come to me. All you who are weary and heavy burdened, I will give you rest. He's calling everyone of us to come. So after the book of Malachi, as, as the, the people of God continued living their lives, uh, there was a lot of nations that, that rose up, a lot of empires, the Greek uh, and Roman empires. And, and what we see is 400 years of silence between what God was saying in the Old Testament and what he started to say in the coming of Jesus in the New Testament. 400 years of silence, God's people didn't hear from God. You know, they probably wondered where he has been. And maybe some of us have been wondering where he has been because we are all in this time uh, of, of being unsure of what the future holds. And maybe some of us have some loved ones who are sick and we just wonder what the future holds. And it seems like God's not speaking, but he is and he's working. But 400 years of silence had gone by and then Jesus came and as his popularity grew throughout the, the kingdom of Israel, throughout the nation of Israel, and that little pocket of the Roman Empire, uh, he, he entered Jerusalem on a day called Palm Sunday, which is today. And he rode a donkey into Jerusalem. And what the people saw was that he was the king that they had hoped in, that, that they were hoping who had come and destroy the Romans and restore the Israelites to their own nation and, and to their own glory so that they could be the people of God and be risen up as a nation again because they were under oppression from the Romans. So they saw him riding in on a donkey. The, the people started to, to, to shout, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is the name of he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And we see Jesus coming into Jerusalem. He had all kinds of interactions in this week leading up to Friday when he got arrested, when he got flogged, when he got crucified. And that day is called Good Friday. It's good, not because of what happened to Jesus, because of, but because of what that meant for us. Because he went willingly, he willingly gave his life for you and me. And then next week, we're gonna be celebrating the day that he rose again and put a stamp on his sacrifice by defeating sin, by defeating death, by leaving both in the grave and him rising up and making a way for us all to have eternal life. And one day he will come back. Right now he is in heaven, in the throne room. He's seated there. The Holy Spirit has come and he is changing us from the inside out. And there will be a future day when all the wrongs we see in this world will be made right because Jesus will come and judgment will be coming to the wicked, to the evil, to the evil one, to Satan. He'll be thrown into hell forever. And there will be a day that same day will be hope for those who follow Jesus and it'll be a day of judgment for people who don't. And so that's the news that we have as followers of Jesus and as people in this world. See, the message of Malachi to the people then was, hey, you've lost your way. You have grown apathetic toward me. You are not worshiping me like you should. I love you, you need to turn. I love you, I want what's best for you. And what is best for you is me. That's what God was saying to them. So turn back to me, come back to me. This is life and death. You need to come back because I love you, I care for you, and I'm making a way for you to be able to be like a calf from the stall, jumping and playing 
with healing being brought. And the message of Malachi to us is God loves you, God cares for you, and he's calling us all to be faithful in the midst of a faithless world, to be faithful to him, to come back to him, or to come to him for the very first time and, and give our lives to him. To, to actually have our faith mean something in real life beyond just something in our head. Jesus is not ex- interested in half-hearted, just mental uh, trust and half-hearted belief. He wants our whole lives to be surrendered to him. And the good news is when we surrender to him, we get real life, we get abundant life. And so this is the call to action for all of us that we see in Malachi, that we see in all of scripture is that we need to be reconciled with God. If you're a follower of Jesus right now, I am so excited for you because you have been reconciled to God and the relationship you have with him is one of reconciliation, is one of peace, is one of love. And for those of us who have not been reconciled to God, he loves you and he wants to reconcile that relationship with you. And the way that that has to happen is for you to rightly acknowledge who he is. He's the king of the universe and to surrender to him. And also the message is for us to be reconciled to each other. So right now in this quarantine day and age, like we've got some time on our hands we're not, we're not having time where we're going out to eat and going traveling. We've got a lot of time that we can make some calls. Maybe there's somebody in your life that you need to be reconciled to. Maybe you need to set up a video call and talk it out. Because what we see the vision for God's people is for, for fathers' hearts to be turned to their children, children's hearts to be turned to their fathers. And what I would say all throughout the New Testament expresses that we should have all of our hearts turned toward each other and experience reconciliation. So what relationship do you need to work out in this time? Because God's people are supposed to be a people of love, are supposed to be Christ-centered. So we, we operate the same way Jesus does. And that is one of self-sacrifice and one of love. And so maybe there's somebody in your life that you need to go and be reconciled to. And maybe just maybe there's some of you who are watching that first the person you need to be reconciled to is God. And so again, uh, feel free to contact us. Uh, just there's, I'm sure there's a link right now in our chat that you can go and, and just reach out to us. We'd love to talk to you about what it looks like to follow Jesus in this day and age right now and to be able to experience the grace of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for uh, the opportunity that we all have to uh, be able to uh, just experience your word preached and proclaimed together. Even if we're on uh, devices and watching this on screens, God, we know that you are with us, that you will never leave us or forsake us, that you are walking with us through this difficult time. You're walking with us through each moment of our lives. And God, I thank you so much that you are the God of grace. You are the God of love that you've made a way for us, sinful people, us broken people to come to you and experience freedom and to experience wholeness because of your power and your grace. God, I pray that if there's anybody watching this who needs to surrender to you, God, I pray that they would, would begin that journey of pursuing you. God, I pray that we can have a conversation and we can encourage them to do that. 
God, I pray for all of us who follow you, uh, for us to renew our commitment, to renew our conviction toward you. That the, the message of your prophet Malachi would not just fall on ears for this moment, but this would stick with us for the rest of our days, that we would remain faithful in the midst of a faithless generation. God, would you use us? Would you work on us? And would you help us to rest in you? We love you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.